there and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast. My name is Sam. My name is Steve. And today we're asking what's the crack about the British Isles? Well, I hope we'll soon find out. If we don't, we'll be in big trouble. Uh, indeed, we, we'll do our best. We're going to define it for you listening, uh, talk about our experience and connection with it, because both of us are somehow inexplicably connected with the British Isles. We'll talk about the culture there and the differences that there might be in these little places, a difference in uh, food and anything else that might come up, slang, for example, and any problems we may have had uh, in the British Isles. So, are you all sitting comfortably, listeners? Stephen, I am. And and tell us about you because this is your this will be your first experience in a podcast. Yes, it's the first time in this podcast. I'm very excited to be taking part, and yeah. I hope we can have a good chat about our native uh, uh-huh. our native Britain. Right, and and you're a teacher at Big Apple School, are you? Yes, I've taught yeah. here for many years now. I, I don't uh-huh. care to remember how long. Maybe four okay. or five. Okay. Right, right. Since you were about 20. Uh, well, I think you could add <laughs> another 30 years. On. No, no, okay. another 35 years on okay. after that. Okay. And uh, Stephen, please, can you define the British Isles for us all? Listen. Well, I think it's quite easy to say that the British Isles is made up of all the islands and mm-hmm. the mainland of Great Britain and Ireland. Okay. The difference right. between the British Isles and, and, and the United Kingdom mm-hmm. is that uh, the British Isles includes the Republic of Ireland. Right. And it also includes strange islands uh, around Great right. Britain. Does it, it include the Isle of Man, the mm. British Isles? It, or is it, it separate? The, it includes the British... Uh, the Isle of Man is included in the right. British Isles, yes. And if you don't know, that's a little island kind of stuck in the middle between uh, mainland Britain, England, Scotland, and Wales, and... The rest, the the island of Ireland, including Northern Ireland and the Republic. That's right. Yeah. And if you have a lot of money, you can invest it there because <laughs> it's tax free. Right. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I'm not. I'm not sure I want to live there though. Um, okay. And and what can I add? Well, just to clarify, m- m- make sure people understand, the Republic of Ireland is not the UK. It's governed independently in Dublin. Uh, but it is classed as the British Isles. So it's not a governmental thing. It's simply classed as the British Isles, even though they're not British there. That's right. Uh, British Isles is a geographical uh, mm-hmm. dis- uh, situation. It's not political at all. No. It was, uh, it was a term invented by the Romans. Right. There uh, was... Um, uh, you know a lot more about this than Britannia, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Britannia Magna. Britannia Magna. Which was Great Britain, right. in English. And Britannia Parva, which right. was Little Britain, which was Ireland. Goodness, really? Wow. Uh, and so that's the British Isles. You learn something <laughs> new every day. Uh, Stephen, where were you born? Well, if I say I was born in Mansfield, in Nottinghamshire, mm-hmm. nobody will know where that is. I don't even know where that is. I, n- I know <laughs> it's England. Yeah. So I, I usually say, when people ask me where was I born, mm-hmm. I usually say I was born near Manchester. Yeah. Because everybody I've knows where Manchester been is. been there and I know where that is. Do you, on a map. Uh, yes. Or roughly, at least. Uh, quite close to Liverpool, if you don't know, uh, which is quite close to the coast yes. in the northeast of England. Am I? That's you right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's the industrial heartland of the, of the north of England, where all the real work uh, uh, uh-huh. is done. Right, 
right? <laughs> All Any, the, are there coal mines in that area? Is it, there is used it the to other be coal side? mines, yeah. uh, but before Margaret Thatcher closed them down. Right. There was a bit of a hullabaloo about that. Yes, before your uh, time, I think. I probably was, uh, before my time or maybe when I was a little 1984, toddler. 1984, I think. I would have been one year old. I was a young schoolmaster in uh, in Derbyshire at that time. Uh-huh. And that's when Margaret Thatcher closed the coal mines under a huge protests right, throughout right, and the right. general strikes. Yes, right. I, I've I've heard about this his, in my history lessons, but I was I was too young to care. I was, I was there. <laughs> lo- yeah, I was looking for my you know, looking for my nappy at that time. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry that makes you feel bad. <laughs> no. Uh, did you grow up in that area then? Mansfield, yeah. Uh, Mansfield, Mansfield is, is in Nottingshire, which is the um, was on the East Midlands coal field. Right. Uh, I was taken at age six days old across the border to Derbyshire, yeah. where I grew up in a little town called Alfreton. Right. Uh, uh, and I stayed there until I left university in t- 1981. Okay. Was it? Um, a bit bigger than Mansfield, or no, about the same size, twenty-five thousand, twenty-five thousand. Yeah. Small uh, town, then. small yeah. town. Mansfield right. is very famous, or used to be very famous for beer. Right, it's right. the it's a Tomsk of uh, of Great Britain. I okay, think. <laughs> right, right. And I, um, I'm also from the UK, from the British Isles, but not from Great Britain. I'm from Northern Ireland, and actually, I'm just thinking it's it's quite similar. My town is Portadown. Which the closest sort of more well-known place is Belfast, which is the regional capital, and it's about fifty kilometers north, north, north uh, east of Portadown, and it's about the same size, twenty twenty-two thousand, as where you grew up. So. That's right. I know Portadown yeah. uh, quite well. It has yeah. a motto, if I'm not mistaken: "Thus far and no further." Right. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but I I, I can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> we better explain that uh, that in um, former times when there was a lot of trouble uh, between the uh, nationalists and the loyalists, right. Waterdown was two uh, different mentalities of of kind of Irish people. Yeah, was a border. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and it's yeah. There's well, there's a lot of history in Northern Ireland and recent history. A lot of uh, things we could talk about, uh, but maybe maybe we will save it for another time. Yes, yes. Um, well, 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 let's see how we get on. Do, did you travel in the British Isles as a boy? Yes, uh, my grandmother, uh, uh-huh. my mother's mother, was was quite a, a traveller. She'd mm-hmm. she'd grown up in India, mm-hmm. and uh, that she was taken by her father and mother at a, a young age to Dublin. Right, where her father, my great grandfather, was it on the I think Great Western Railway, which yeah. was a big railway that was right. being built. Wow! Uh, and they lived in a place called Kingstown. Uh-huh. Um, right. And, uh huh. And during the troubles in I think nineteen twenty-two, right. or a little bit earlier, I think. Right. Sort of a, yeah, when there was a uh, just after the Easter Rising with. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you'll Ireland. have to look that up on the <laughs> right Easter Rising people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they moved up to uh, Bangor in Northern Ireland, not far right. from uh, from where you yeah, uh, yeah. hail from. Mm-hmm. Nice town, Bangor. Yeah. Uh, and then they moved over to Derbyshire. Right. And uh, talking about my travelling, my grandmother took me to Ireland several times when I was yeah. a, a little boy. Right. Um, the only other place I travelled 
because in those days, in the 1960s and 70s, it wasn't usual to travel uh, around so much. Yeah, uh, people yeah. didn't go abroad. Even in, even in the 80s, or sorry, 70s, yeah, even, even in when my parents were younger, uh, it was unusual even for them to, to travel, actually, yeah. yeah. People stayed at home for the holidays. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, as I say, my grandmother took me to these places, and um, the only other place I uh, visited at school was was France. Mm-hmm. First yeah. with my grandmother, and then with with, with school. Uh-huh. And I never traveled. I never had a passport until I was, uh, I think, nearly thirty years old. Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's different today, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's uh, even even in my lifetime, it's changed actually because nineties it wasn't normal to go outside the UK. And what I will say is, like, we often traveled from Northern Ireland by boat, by ferry. Yeah. We went to England or Scotland or even occasionally to Wheels. And it was quite normal for our family uh, when I in the 90s to go camping, for example, in England or in other places in Great Britain. So, And we quite well traveled. Um, I never really visited Ireland because of the so much political problems during the 70s. And he had, well, sorry, during the 90s when I was a boy, even then there were a lot of uh, terrorist, terrorist attacks and problems. And so it wasn't generally seen as a good idea to go down south. No, people um, were very wary in those yeah. days of traveling uh, yeah. out of the, like, district even. Yeah. Uh, and Belfast, uh, which is the capital of Northern Ireland, was a very dangerous place in the, uh, in the was, 70s and 80s. Belfast was quite notorious because of the bombings and terrorist attacks against uh, against policemen and uh, with different f- different groups involved. And also Portadown was was a center of, of, a, of uh, activity as well. That's actually. right. Um, the yeah. most people that were killed was in, in the city of Armagh. That yeah. had the, the greatest casualties, right. even more right. than Londonderry, which was uh, very... Yeah, and that's not great. far, actually, from Portadown. But I think yeah. we should say to our dear listeners that uh, yeah. Northern Ireland is not this that type of place now. If you're, it's not. If you're no. visiting, uh, maybe you'll tell us a little bit about the benefits so of visiting. I, 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 guess uh, we, I guess we really need to deal with the elephant in the room, yeah, <laughs> so talk is. about that. Um, during, I don't know, when did it happen? 1960, late 1960s? Uh, I think it was 1969, 68. 19, right. The, there really kicked off a problem uh, with between two mentalities in Northern Ireland, between mostly ca- Irish Catholic people who believe in uh, a united Ireland, so Northern Ireland becoming part of the political system of, of the rest of Ireland, and the mainly kind of Protestant, uh, British-identifying people who are classed as Unionists, believing in the United Kingdom. And they want Northern Ireland to stay in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And um, there was, it seems, I don't think I'm wrong in saying, though I wasn't alive, that there was a lot of prejudice against Catholic people. Um, uh, there was. Well, first of all, I think we have to. People have to realise that Ireland is basically two, two races. Mm-hmm. There's the Celts of the south, and Northern Ireland was mainly uh, inhabited by by Scots. 
Yeah, Scots and some English people. Uh, it was settled right. by the uh, by the Scots Picts, they were called from right. Scotland way back in the early 1600s. Oh no, 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 much before that. Even before that, uh, we're talking, talking about, about uh, before the Norman Conquest, uh, right? Eight hundred, nine hundred. Right, right. Goodness, yeah. And then they were driven Don't out. Remember that? <laughs> no, How do you no, remember no. that? <laughs> <laughs> I read it. <laughs> and then they were driven out by the incoming uh, Celts from the south, from uh, from Europe, and uh-huh. they went into Scotland. Right. And then you're talking about the settlement or the plantation of Ulster. Yes, back in early 1600s. When the Scots came back and, and mm. many English people came in and that yeah. caused problems yeah. because... And even today it's a source of contention. The Catholics couldn't get uh, work uh, so, so much. So speaking about sort of 60s and 70s, it was a strong... It was a, There was a lot of strong feeling uh, among Irish Catholics that they weren't being treated well. And due to, um, uh, well, Bloody Sunday, I think, was the main thing that kicked it off. There were um, there were a lot of people killed during a protest by policemen. Uh, we still don't really know uh, who's to blame today, for sure. I mean, um, it's not been it's not been determined for sure. That's right. Well, the thing was uh, that. Um I think it was 1968 or 69, the civil mm-hmm. authorities uh, had problems maintaining law and order. Mm-hmm. And right. the the um, Prime Minister of Northern Ireland, I, um, I can't remember his name at oh. the moment, I uh, O'Neill, know. I think it was, O'Neill, right, uh, right. Uh, invited the British Army to come, right. come in. Right. And uh, this caused a lot of problems because mm-hmm. the British Army sort of um, didn't know how to deal with the situation very well. And this led to this bloody Sunday yeah. where it yeah. was said that the army opened fire on uh, on innocent yeah. civilians. Uh, whether they did or not, uh, it's, nobody knows. It's, well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still a contentious issue is. today. And well, leading on from that, there were about 30 years of terrorism and conflict yes. in Northern Ireland from groups from both sides of the um, debate, if you like, uh, were shooting at each other and at the police force, army, and even blowing up civilians at times. So it was really quite... It occasionally spilled over into England as well. We had a lot of uh, terror attacks in England in in the 70s. Uh, mm. In Guildford, for example, mm-hmm. uh, there was a Guildford pub, right. uh, bugging, uh, <laughs> pub bombing. Right. Uh, and the wrong <laughs> people were arrested and, right. and served about 20 years in jail. Right, for goodness. It. Uh, that's not a big scandal right but uh, on a positive note (laughs) when I promote Northern Ireland in 1998 there was uh, finally a peace agreement signed and shaky start and still shaky at times but it's a safe country to stay in to visit now and has been for 20 years or so I'm not mistaken the statistics are that it's the safest region of, uh, of, of the United Kingdom yeah, I would believe that. Uh, no, I would believe it's quite, it's quite rural too, actually, although I know the rest of the UK can be like that as well. But it is a beautiful place, so if yeah. you have the opportunity, oh, uh, thank uh, you. <laughs> people should go to it. That's, that's why I wanted to talk to you today. I wanted to promote Northern Ireland. A beautiful countryside <clears throat> yeah. um, and lakes, locks rather. Yeah, locks we call them, but lakes they yes. are. <laughs> and... Um, in fact, it's called the Emerald Isle. I mean, it's part, part of Ireland geographically, at least. And it is the Emerald Isle. And yes, it, is it is very much green and beautiful and full of 
wildlife. And full of uh, jokes as well, I think. <laughs> Good humor, yeah. It's what we call, what's what we call the crack. Yes. Um, so let's uh, think about the cultural differences. Um, can you tell me, so having traveled a bit, can you tell me much about the cultural differences between uh, the different parts of the UK? I would say that the main cultural difference is not between England and diff- between the different countries, but between yeah. uh, between the north of England, right. which I would also include the part of Scotland because it's historically was uh-huh. Edwin's Edwin's borough, yeah. which is Edinburgh and Ed- right. King Edwin wow. was the, a real history the king of, <laughs> of the whole of the north of England. Yeah. So the culture of the north of England is entirely different from the culture of the south. Right. Right. Uh, what it means for us today is that the people of, in the north of England uh, still use a lot of the old language mm-hmm. of, of England. Right. Which, or not only England, but Scandinavia and, uh, yeah. and, and the northern countries. Well, they would say it's not slang words, it's, yeah. it's dialect, it's, it's, a, it's a different, different words for different things, like uh, um, to loop, for example. Right. It means to jump. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Loop or style. Okay, no idea. <laughs> Gangnam style. Jump, jump over a stile. A stile wow. is a, a place where you you, you cross a, a fence. You right. step on a, a yeah, board yeah. and stand over the fence. Right. I, I know what a stile is, yeah. yeah. I, I usually try to cross them in style. In style, yes. But I don't, I've never looped over a style, but that's, yes. I'll try that the next yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And they still use a lot of thee and thou in the north of England. Yeah. Wow. Um, like if you're studying your English grammar, you know that uh, the old form of you uh, uh, are was thou, uh, thou, art, thou art. Yeah, right. And in the north of England, they won't say, how are you? They'll say, how art thou? Really? How art thou? They're all right. And that's the kind of normal thing. It's not, yes, a, it's not an abstract. Speak, no, no, it's not an abstract, wow. especially in the country, uh, countryside and in the... Um, and that singular form, isn't it, of you? You, yes. The, the, thou. Thou, uh, how art thou? It's, they, they contract it to how art thou? Right. Art thou right? Are you art, all right? Art thou well? Hi. Art, the, art, the, art thou well? Yes. Wow. And they have ambrosia custard? No, is I that, think that's in the... That that's in further the, south? That's in, the, in, in Devon and Cornwall, I believe. Oh, that's uh, well, well done. That, that's another south. part of old uh, yeah, yeah. England. That's right. not part of... That wasn't part of England. Uh, right, uh, yeah. Devon and Cornwall. That was part of Wales. Right. Oh, the, the, Wales lost, uh, the Welsh lost out. In the Welsh, that's, yes. It's a nice place for... If you ever go to Devon, you get a nice scone. Scone. It's kind of kind of like a sweet bread, or not too sweet, yes. with some strawberry jam and clotted cream. That's right. Which I don't know how the, what the equivalent would be in in uh, maybe it's kind of like um, skushonka in Russia, but yeah. it's not it's not quite the it's same. It's caramelized cream. It's cream, very thick cream that's put into a very low oven at a very very slow heat for all mm. night. Yeah. And it congeals. Have you made this? <laughs> no, but my grandmother used to make wow, it. Wow, okay. And it's delicious. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and, and a bit, cup of tea or coffee with that. It goes down yes, very well. tea, yes. Very well. And uh, jam and scones. Because in, yeah. in the north of England, I, they, I think they call them scones. I call them scones. And in the yeah. south of England, they call them scones. I think scones very posh. Yeah, talk like that. So, yes. It sounds it to me. I mean, maybe, maybe I just because I'm not used to it. We, are, we, are, my family always scone, scone, 
Well, it's better. It's how we say it. It's better than um, what do they call it in Northern Ireland? Somebody once sent me for um, uh, uh, what's that um, special bread that they, they soda farl? A farl, yes. Right, a farl. Don't fetch oh, me a yeah. farl. Good soda farl is great, <laughs> or barn brack, yes, or potato bread, or we sometimes call tatty bread. Oh man, it's fantastic. Um, do you, have you noticed? I mean, you've been in the Republic of Ireland, have you? Yes. Have you noticed the difference between it and Northern Ireland? Yes. Culturally, how would you describe I it? I think that people of the south of, it, of, of Ireland are much more. Um, well, their language is much more musical and right. softer. Right. Uh, and also, they have, I think, a much more relaxed view on life. Uh huh. I would agree with that for sure. I don't. I don't know. I mean. I think Northern Irish, uh, the Northern Irish accent is, well, I mean, it's a, it's an accent of its own, and not just one; it's several. But, um, but definitely, I would agree that the the Irish from the Republic, I think they're much more chilled out. Oh yes, about yes. things. Yes, um, I think we in Northern Ireland tend to be a little bit more like uh, kind of business style from England. We're more more uh, organized, want to be more organized and more strict. Um, then in Ireland, I think they're a bit chilled out and relaxed. Yes, um, in the north, they're much more intense, and uh, I think so. The talking is much more uh, uh, urgent, and right, uh, right. Yeah, you yeah. can do this accent much better. Than <laughs> <me>. <laughs> um, I, I'm from, I'm from Northern Ireland, so I am. That's Northern Irish accent, and and not that's only one of them, but yeah. yes. The, yeah. the, the best one, I think, is from, uh, what, what's the Scottish town? Ballymena, is Ballymena, it? Ballymena, right. So this is Ulster Scots. Yes. In the sort of north center, north central Northern Ireland. And uh, it's a different accent. Even strange to me, the accent there, actually. What do you, people, like, sorry. Uh, it's okay. a bit like, I'm from Ballymena, hey. <laughs> it's very, almost Scottish, honestly. Well, you can see Scotland from Ballymena. Right, right. right. It's, it's just across the way. Yeah, and they've deep roots uh, from from Scotland. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Well, the of... culture, coming back to the different cultures uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, of, of, of the United Kingdom, I think you'd find the best, one of the greatest cultural places is Edinburgh. yeah. Yeah, because that is beautiful a city. really beautiful city, uh, yeah. culture, and it's supposed to have the best English accent. In Edinburgh? In, in, yes, <laughs> the Edinburgh accent is supposed the to have the, the best. The capital of Scotland. Yes, well, because it didn't used to be the capital of Scotland. Edinburgh was the capital of Northern England. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the, the Scotland was really made up of the Lowlanders. Right. Uh, uh, which were from Northumberland. Uh-huh. And the Heelanders, right? Which are tribes. Yeah. The Campbells, the McDonalds, the McDougals, the uh -huh. McDuffs. Right. And all these tribes were constantly fighting one another. Uh -huh. As they do. Yeah, yeah. And the only people they allied with against another tribe was the English. Right. Oh, it's very dirty work. Oh, uh, that, often. that uh, was that was a bad doing, yes. as we would say. And what about differences in food, culinary differences? Have you, I mean, well, what did you find when you traveled to Northern Ireland? I mean, we talked about tatty bread. Soda is bread something, is, is very popular. Soda and, bread, uh, yeah. And there's a difference in between Irish porridge and and, uh, and and Scots porridge and English yeah. porridge. Irish porridge tends to be very thick and uh, lumpy, right. I think. Okay. Scotch <laughs> porridge is full of salt. 
Uh-huh. An English porridge is like a tsanko. It's 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 soft and white and uh, uh, you much prefer it. Yes, I, I do. Yes, I don't <laughs> like uh, Irish porridge. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> or fair Scots enough. porridge. And the differences in people will probably know the fried breakfast we have. Yes, you've your English breakfast. You've your well, we have a Ulster fry. We call it. And then you have your Irish breakfast. And I, I, do they have it in Scotland as well? I, I, I believe I'm so. Sure they, yes, yes, I'm sure they have it. But whether they call it Scottish, I, I, don't I think know. in the Highlands or the Heelands, as they call them, they may right. eat fish for breakfast. Right, it's more traditional. But raw, yes, smoked, <laughs> smoked. <laughs> I think right, smoked. right. But. Um, one thing that the Irish and the Ulster fry contains, which we mm-hmm. used to have in Britain, but they don't right. like it so much now, is black and white pudding. Black and white pudding. Or blood right. pudding, as it's It's made called. of blood, yeah. yeah. It's, is it basically blood and some suet? It's like a grain. Suet and it? oats. Suet or, and oats, and it's just fried, is it? Or is it I boiled? I think it's boiled first, boiled, and then, right. then it's fried. And uh, I, I, for a long time, in fact, for all of my childhood, I never ate it. I never... Uh, never at all tried it and then I did try it not long ago and although it is the main ingredient or one of them is blood it is quite delicious yeah actually. it is um, and it's not what I was expecting it's rather like fried kalbasa yeah yeah okay yeah, maybe a little bit well a little bit softer maybe but, yes but yes not, not yes, uh, softer I would not say. hugely yes. mm. different what about slang we talked a little bit about some slang, like using the and thou. Although no, that's not slang. Not that's, slang, uh, that's, but if you go to dialect. the north of England, they no, they would say that that's correct grammar. Well, that's how Shakespeare I, I could, wrote. You could argue they're right, actually. Slang, I think, are words which have come into the language from different places, which really don't mean anything. They they yeah. they're just invented words, or right, or, like the crack. What's the crack? It, I don't know. I know maybe it, that's an old Irish word. It's, I don't it's know. It's got. I think it's got roots in in English, actually. Yes. Um, but uh, and we have foundered. Do you know the word foundered? I'm foundered. No, I don't here know that in, one. Here in Siberia in the winter, I would be foundered. You foundered. Oh, you foundered. Yes. yes. Foundered, foundered is to be very cold. Yes. And then there's uh, going out in your disabels. Have you heard about that? I haven't. What, can that's you an old Ulster uh, saying, I believe, going out in your disabels. Really? Uh, that that comes from the French disabille, to be without clothing. Right. And it means to I go out in your old clothes. I must admit I haven't tried that. <laughs> or maybe I've tried old clothes, but wow. Yes, it's like your, your, your uh, uh, gardening clothes. <laughs> actually, now and again, even in Northern Ireland, some of the kind of slang and dialect can shock me. Yes. Um, there are, there's one part of Northern Ireland where they say wan instead of one. Mm. You know, County Tyrone kind of yeah. direction. They say wan instead of one. And I, the first time I heard it, I, I almost burst out laughing. I was so shocked. And it was the rest of the number. They were quoting a phone number, wan four seven wan. And yeah. I was like, what? Every other number sounded normal, but wan was so strange to me. And I believe in Ireland they still use the old pronunciation of uh, chaos. Chassos. No, no, not not in my experience. In, in, in the south, uh, yeah. they, they do. Yes, yes. Uh, not not where I'm from. Yeah, uh, not not my family, at least. Well, you're probably more cultured than. Uh, oh, of course. Don't you know that? <laughs> well, I suspected <laughs> it, but I didn't I've never it. heard it. Honestly, I've never heard that. Uh, chaos is chaos to me. I've never heard another. What's the... Chassos. Chassos. The cool thing is Chassos. Never, never heard of that. 
<laughs> now I'm going to start using chassos. <laughs> Have you ever had a problem with uh, an accent in the British Isles? I have a problem, and it's not the problem with the people. It's a problem yeah. with the Irish Catholics of Armagh. Right. Uh, I lived in Armagh for a, well, a couple of months some years ago. Okay. And I still meet some people from there, and there's one chap. I, I just can't understand a word he's saying. Right. It's, right. It's, I have to ask him to, to repeat yeah. and to speak the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you say Queen's English, yes. you might not. He yeah. might not be in your favour. <laughs> yes. I once I once went to Cork, and I went into what we call a ship shop to buy chips and fish and chips or something of that kind. And the man uh, serving me asked me, "Did I want salt and vinegar?" Uh, which is what we often put on chips. And there just so happened to be a local, or not a local, but someone living locally with me. And quite honestly, she had to translate. I had no clue, and if he had repeated it 20 times, I still wouldn't have known what he said. This was in Cork, or This Cork was in City. Cork. Cork is the very south of the Republic of Ireland, and I had not one clue. Uh, I could understand everything else, but when he asked for salt and vinegar, do I want salt and vinegar? I had no notion, honestly. There was no syllable that sounded like it to me. So, <laughs> And occasionally there are some accents, very strong, people that speak with a very uh, thick accent. Yes. Uh, in England too, but, but in Dublin I've noticed it can be difficult to make them out sometimes. In Dublin I think there is a specific accent which uh, mm -hmm. is difficult to understand, but I think... Uh, most people, especially educated people, yeah. they can speak. Uh, yeah, they can speak well if well, they, if they choose to. But they yeah. do know a lot of the old ways. They yeah. can put it on. It's a you know I think it's a, a kind of a identity for people. And I, in fact, when I was in my early twenties, I used to speak with a very strong accent, very strong uh, local Northern Irish accent, and it for me it was part of my identity. When I started to work in, a, in an office in, in Belfast with lots of people from all over the country, the region, I kind of dropped it and started to speak more clearly, and uh, which wasn't probably not a bad thing. I think if I heard myself talk now with that strong accent, I'd I'd cringe. Yeah. But but at the time, I, I felt this is my identity, and I, I don't want to hide it. See, but before the sixties and seventies, in schools, mm. they did teach people. To, to uh, speak the Queen's English, as we uh, right. if you if when I was at school, if you went speaking as if down here, what what you do, what were you doing tonight, uh, uh, uh -huh. the, the teacher would, the master would say, you don't speak like that here. You right. speak the Queen's English, right? And the, and so now you speak like, <laughs> but Queen's English is, I mean, what is it? Well, this is another point because yeah. I think we they could were, argue against yes, that. The the Queen's English, I think, was a combination of. Uh, English that was made up by the BBC. Right, right. It started when newspapers were uh, first introduced because uh -huh. they, they had to sort of find words which everybody understood. Yeah. And so a lot of the old right. lo kind of, local words were dropped. Right, okay. So it's, a, it's basically, it's a UK standard English. It's a standard English, so everybody so everyone, can understand it. Right. And I remember, I've heard some of the old BBC broadcast from TV and they're so posh they speak like they honestly they speak so uh, not only clearly but their pronunciation it's impeccable and it, but it's very to me it sounds like they're so rich and so well to do and not you know it's a disconnect with ordinary people uh, 
it, it, I, I don't know if I can demonstrate with it. Today, the, in in London, you know, it's very, very, uh, very, very sophisticated almost accent. Well, there was a, there was a very famous broadcaster mm-hmm. called um, Wilfred Pickles. He he was a broadcaster <laughs> wow. before the war. Great name. And he was a Yorkshireman. Yeah. And uh, he spoke with a, a very broad Yorkshire accent. He was an actor as well. Yeah. Right. And um, he did a in the in the war mm-hmm. when the BBC was threatened by takeover by the Nazis. Right. They started to introduce newsreaders. They have, first of all, they had to speak their name, tell yeah. who it was before yeah. they were anonymous. And they brought Wilfred Pickles in with this slight Yorkshire accent uh-huh. because they thought that the Germans could imitate very precisely uh-huh. a received pronunciation. Okay. But they could not imitate correctly a Yorkshire accent. Right. It wasn't that he was spoke broad Yorkshire. He would just say, uh, no, no, it wouldn't be like that. It would be, uh, uh, he would say, now, uh, here is the news and this is Wilfred Pickles reading it. it." Uh And uh, at the end of the midnight news, he would say, so this is the end of the broadcast for today. Good night, everyone. And for those people in in Yorkshire, good night. Good night. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Until they knew that he wasn't a German, basically. Wow, okay. But after the war, he did a program where he went interviewing people around the country. And he was taken by a... He was interviewing an old man, a farmer. Uh And um, the farmer said, do you... um, Wilfred Pickles said, the farmer said, did you get good replies from people when you went on with your Yorkshire accent on the BBC? Uh Was it popular? Yeah. He said, well, it's very funny. He said it was popular with everybody except from Yorkshire. (laughs) Right. And he said, I couldn't think why uh, it was not popular in Yorkshire. Yeah. And then uh, this old farmer said, well, I can tell you exactly, Wilfred. Uh-huh. He said, we sat there listening to you uh-huh. on wireless. On wireless? Reading right. news. Aye. And I said to my Mabel, E, there's, uh, we send our, our Johnny to grammar school, Aye. school, grammar <laughs> school, to learn to talk proper. And all Aye. we hear on wireless is Wilfred Pickles speaking like we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Great accent. Aunt Wireless. Aunt Wireless. Great. Well, uh, it's yeah, I th- and I think nowadays the broadcasters speak with their own accent, but of course they, they still use a standard English. Yes, it's true. Um, so to conclude, what is your favourite place? And you're not going to offend me if you don't say Northern Ireland, but what is your favourite place in the British Isles? Well, I've re- re- recently started to discover Scotland, the highlands ah, of Scotland and right. the islands of Scotland on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah. Uh, I'd never been before yeah. until about two two years ago. And now I'm I'm really, very interested in I'd like uh, to go there, in, actually, in that. too. It's a really beautiful place. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. I've been up in the northeast, but never in the highlands on the west so I would love to go there but as far as uh, I've been all over Ireland and lots of places in the uh, mainland UK uh, but I, I like I guess there are two places I like Dublin to visit at least uh, I like the shops there and the culture and the atmosphere and it's more relaxed than Northern Ireland and I also love the mountains in Northern Ireland and I've talked about them before oh, yes, but yes. they're 
the Mourne Mountains, and they're nice and small, simple, beautiful, not a lot of things that want to eat or bite you. It's, it's <laughs> no a, mosquitoes. No mosquitoes. <laughs> it's a great place. So that was the crack about the British Isles. We talked quite a bit about the political situation in Northern Ireland. We shared about the cultural differences between uh, the Republic and Northern Ireland and even parts of England, North and South. Uh, we talked about uh, the food a little bit as well, about the language, some differences there, and about using or not using an accent. So that was the crack about the British Isles.